Hello and welcome to the ISIS Energy Podcast. This week we're focusing on the LNG market, where some analysts say 2019 could be the busiest year ever for investment in new projects. But just as sentiment turns bullish, the oil price, which underpins much LNG trade, has slumped, falling below $70 per barrel for the first time since April. I'm Patrick Sykes, Senior Market Reporter here at ISIS, and I'm joined down the phone today from Houston by Ed Cox, our Global Editor for LNG Markets, to talk about the outlook for LNG investment. Ed, thanks very much for joining us. Hi, thanks. Nice to be with you, Patrick. So, Ed, what is the state of play now? How, how is sentiment around the investment landscape for LNG? Yes, Patrick, there's been a, a notable change in sentiment, I think, the last few months, certainly following on from third quarter results from the big oil and gas majors where they're generating a lot more cash because oil prices have been higher up to this point this year. They have money to invest. There's also been a, a weight of feeling that there is substantial demand for LNG in the mid-2020s emerging from particularly from China, but also um, elsewhere in the world. So we've had a number of long-term contracts agreed in the last few months. Um, there seems to be this feeling and moving in the market that there are projects that are going to get signed off in the next year. You mentioned oil prices coming down. I mean, I can tell you it's very cold over here. U.S. gas prices have gone up. Oil prices have come down almost $20. Uh, in the last um, few weeks. That certainly changes the, the short-term view in the market, maybe for the winter, but I think long-term, we're on this pretty clear track towards a slate of new investment. Okay, and, and you mentioned rising demand there. I mean, what about production? Is the production there to meet that? In the short term, we have substantial new volumes coming up in the next year. I mean, this is the place to be, Houston and the US Gulf for the next few months. We're expecting uh, two new plants to start up, one train at Sabine Pass, um, in the next month or two, likewise, train one at Corpus Christi, and then next year, more U.S. golf production. Um, that much is, is not in doubt. That's just a question of the exact timing of the new starts. Um, there is a gap beyond 2021, 2022 that is starting to be filled. So LNG Canada due to start production 2023, 2024. It's the first Canadian project that's been sanctioned. That's the only one that's taken a final investment decision in this next raft of production. Although I think we can say the Qatar expansion to 110 million tonnes a year is is pretty much there when they, they decide to do that um, next uh, five or six year time, that production will be there because the cost is there and the interest from other companies taking a stake is very clear and very public from what uh, particularly Exxon and Total said in their results. So, but, but just back on the demand, yeah, I think China is key. Of these long-term contracts, the most significant volume uh, was the Chinese uh, contract PetroChina with Qatar, 3.4 million tonnes. So big contracts do need to be signed for some of these projects, and China is, is the most obvious substantial long-term buyer there. And of those projects that are still waiting for FID, are there any in particular you would pick out as likely candidates in the near term? Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a more global outlook going forward. Um, I would look at those projects that do have those experienced majors involved, so Total, Exxon, Shell, uh, and BP in particular. There seems to be clear momentum. There seems to be clear momentum uh, on Mozambique, uh, East, East Coast, Anadarko. That's that's taken a lot of lot of time, a lot of effort to get to where it is. There seems to be momentum there. Uh, likewise, Total's involvement now in Arctic 2, um, in, in Russia with, with Novatech, 
Um, I think we, we would typically favour expansions of plants as being a low-cost uh, opportunity. So train six that's being passed in the US. Um, the Cameron plant, which is due to start next year in the US, can expand another couple of trains, and Total has recently signed an agreement to expand their, their uh, offtake and, uh, and activity in that region. So, so lower-cost plants um, are clearly favoured. Nothing will beat Qatar in terms of cost. Um, all those projects that may be higher cost, but where there's a very clear shareholding structure, so LNG Canada is certainly not the cheapest um, product, uh, project out there, but it has very strong, very high credit worthy companies like Shell, um, Cogas, uh, Petra China, Petronas uh, involved there. So it got over the line. So you, you can't really say one size fits all. You know, I think it's going to involve some new Asian production, uh, African production, BP on the West Coast in Tour 2 seems to be making good progress. Some from Russia, some from the States. Um, and just the, the last point, Patrick, as well, you know, you need to look at these plants individually. You look at a company like Total, they have got fingers in a lot of pies now. They have got a number of projects that seem to be progressing quickly. So for them, it may be a question of how they sequence when they want those projects to start up. They don't want them all to come on the same time, 2024, 2025. That could also influence which projects get signed off and when. Okay, and taken together, what, what do all of these projects mean for the overall supply-demand balance? I mean, it wasn't too long ago that people were talking about a glut in the market, but uh, sentiment seems to have moved away from that recently. Yeah, you're right. The, the glut that never came. I mean, we have been through a period of relatively lower prices, um, but ultimately spot energy prices are very closely linked to the price of oil anyway. Um, this is a market that tends to move around a consensus. Consensus has been that new production needs to come online by the mid-2020s, um, and that now appears to be what's happening. You know, we are going through a period where there's greater flexibility in contracts. Um, buyers, particularly in East Asia, will become more flexible how they flexible about how they buy and sell from Japan. So the whole market model is evolving, um, but will still be underpinned by by long-term contracts. I think, um, particularly in China, that's the key growth market. You'll have other markets come and go with spot and short-term interest, um, but for sure, China, uh, India, and the new buyers, uh, Pakistan, Bangladesh. These are countries that are going to be in it for the long game. Uh, and, and their demand does suggest that a certain amount of new production um, is required by the mid-2020s. It's possible we get more than what's required on paper. That's the way this industry goes. It tends to go from boom to bust and back again. Well, we'll look forward to seeing how it develops this time. That's all we have time for for today. But if you'd like to find out more, do check out our website, www.icis.com. We'll be back with another podcast next week. Thanks for listening.